It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. On the evening of March 31st, 1922, six people were brutally murdered in the small town of Hinterkaifeck in what is now Germany. Two parents, their widowed daughter, her two children, and a maid were all killed with a mattock in one of the most gruesome crimes imaginable. To this day, the murderer has never been caught. If you enjoy the episode on the Hinterkaifeck murders and want to listen to more true crime events from history, check out our series Today in True Crime. You can find new episodes every day. Follow Today in True Crime free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today is Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. On this day in 1922, six people were murdered at a farmstead in southern Germany. It was a horrific event that would become one of the most infamous crimes in German history. The Hinterkaifeck murders. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today's crime is especially chilling due to the fact that an entire family, including young children, lost their lives. Let's go back to the night of March 31st, 1922, around 7 p.m. Maria tucked a sheet into the rickety frame of her new bed. It was on the highest level of the farmhouse, cold, thin walls. She looked up at the sound of footsteps coming from the attic. This sent a chill down her spine. The previous maid had quit six months earlier, claiming that the house was haunted. It was for this very reason, because she could hear noises in the attic. But Andreas Gruber, the patriarch of the farmstead, had told Maria not to worry. It was perfectly safe at Hinterkaifeck. Well, safe from ghosts anyway. Maria knew that Andreas had been convicted of incest just seven years earlier, in 1915, and he had been accused again just three years ago, in 1919. It was common knowledge that he raped his daughter, Victoria, and that he abused his wife, Cecilia. Some believed that Victoria's children, seven-year-old Cecilia Jr. and two-year-old Josef, were the products of incest. Nevertheless, Germany was a desolate place after the war, and the Gruber household was one of the few farms in the area that had any wealth. Maria needed this job to survive, and so she tried her best to push her fear down and she began to dress for bed. Outside, snow beat down upon the German countryside, blanketing the pastures around Hinterkaifeck. 
Down the hall, seven-year-old Cecilia lay awake in bed. Her brother, Yosef, cooed softly from the crib next to her. She had trouble sleeping ever since the last maid had quit. The woman said there were ghosts in the house. Grandfather said not to listen to her, but Cecilia could tell by the look in his eye that he wasn't so sure the rumors of spirits were wrong. Strange things tended to happen around Hinterkaifeck. Why, just yesterday, Grandfather had found a broken lock and footsteps in the snow leading from the forest to the house. It made everyone nervous, but when grandmother and mother suggested that grandfather borrow a gun from neighbor Lawrence, he yelled at them to shut up. Cecilia hoped that all of this trouble wouldn't scare the new maid Maria away. Grandfather could be awfully mean, and so it was nice to have someone else around to talk to. The young girl was snapped from her bedtime thoughts by the sudden, horrific sound of her name being whispered on the wind. Cecilia. She sat upright in bed, sure that she had heard it. Then it came again. This time, she felt it had come from outside her window, perhaps by the barn. Cecilia was terrified that it was the ghosts, but she steadied herself, remembering the words of their local pastor, who said God protected them from all evil. The voice sounded masculine. It was probably grandfather. Maybe he was yelling at grandmother, who shared her name. She got to her feet and put on her boots. Moving to the hallway, she walked toward her grandparents' room. Cecilia. She jumped and looked down the hallway as she heard the sound again. This time she was certain it had come from outside, toward the barn. It occurred to Cecilia that she should just go into grandfather's room to see if he was there and to wake him and tell him about the noise. But he was not the type to suffer being woken up lightly. If it was just the wind, if her imagination was getting the best of her, then the punishment would be severe. And so she decided to investigate for herself. Out in the courtyard, the snow practically froze Cecilia to the bone. She was about to rush back to her warm bed and give up on the whole thing, but then she heard it again, and then some. Cecilia, come here. She was sure it must be her grandfather. Moving forward, she trudged through the snow and into the barn. But as soon as she entered, she felt a sharp pain on the right side of her face. She landed on the floor, reeling in the straw. She started to look up to try and see what had happened, but she only caught a brief glimpse of a dark shape before something sharp and metal came down against her face. Pain flooded her head, her neck, her shoulders, her whole body as the weapon hit her over and over. Eventually, the blows stopped, though the pain continued, unlike anything she had ever felt before. Even more horrifically, she could sense the shape move from her side to the barn door. It was then that she heard it. Victoria, come here. 
The shape was calling for her mother. It would call for each of them in turn. At every step, Cecilia had to listen as the intruder murdered a different member of her family. She lay there for hours, pulling the hair from her scalp in chunks. She felt fear. She felt guilt. She felt agony. And then she felt nothing. Next, we'll discuss the fallout from the murders. Now back to the story. On the night of March 31, 1922, Andreas Gruber, 63, his wife Cecilia, 72, their daughter Victoria, 35, her children Cecilia, 7, and Josef, 2, and the new maid Maria, 44, were brutally murdered inside their home. But they wouldn't be discovered for another four days. Yes, young Cecilia missed school on Friday, and the family was absent from church on Sunday, but there was smoke coming from their chimney. When the mechanic visited the house on Monday to repair the feed machine, he didn't see the family, but he saw that the cows had been freshly milked. But then Cecilia failed to show up for school again on Monday. The mailman noticed that the mail from the previous week had not been collected. On April 4, 1922, a contingent of neighbors, led by Lorenz Schlittenbauer, Victoria's lover, and Andreas's incest accuser, took it upon themselves to search the farmstead. What they found in the barn turned their stomachs. There were four bodies piled on top of each other and hidden beneath the hay. It was all that remained of Andreas, Cecilia the older and younger, and Victoria. They were only recognizable by their clothing and stature, for their faces were a bloody, pulpy mess of flesh and bone. They had been struck repeatedly with some sort of instrument. Andreas's cheekbones jutted out of his face. Cecilia the Younger's eye socket was smashed to bits, and in her hands there were clumps of hair, as if she had pulled it out in terror. Lorenz pushed into the house. He'd not seen the body of young Josef. The boy was potentially his. The paternity had always been debated. As he mounted the stairs, he saw dirty dishes in the kitchen. The long walk down the hallway ended in a pair of distressing scenes. In one room, the bed was overturned. Underneath lay the body of Maria, the maid. Her new job had killed her only one day in. And across from that, in the nursery, the most horrific scene of all. Young Yosef had been struck once, the blade penetrating his skull, leaving a hole in the back of the crib. Authorities would spend decades trying to explain this grisly crime. Medical examinations showed that the victims had been dead for days, 
and yet neighbors had seen smoke from the chimney. The mechanic had seen the fresh milk, and there were those who remembered Andreas's claim from March 30th that he'd seen footsteps in the snow leading toward his house, but not away. The previous maid had always claimed to hear noises coming from the attic. Perhaps the Hinter Kaifek farmstead had a secret seventh resident. And perhaps on the night of the 31st, that resident came out to play. But of course, we'll never know, because the murder remains unsolved to this day. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you enjoyed this story, check out Unsolved Murders. It features similar stories of mysterious crimes where the culprit got away. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Freddie Beckley, and Joel Stein. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Greg Castro, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 